Hello and welcome to Retrospection, the podcast where we take an old film or TV show and decide if it deserves a hero's welcome or simply needs to be strapped to a table and dismembered. I'm Paul and my job is to find mercenaries and I'm not Zed. Alright, my name's Colin and I'll surrender you sorry son of a mutant. Alright, come down. Jesus. All you ever do is insult me, apparently. That's, that's where the comedy lies. They love it. Yeah. On this episode, we'll be taking a long, hard stir at Battle Beyond the Stars from 1980. I was, when you said a long, hard stir, I thought we were suddenly doing Paddington for some reason. <laughs> I was like, oh <laughs> shit, I've watched the wrong film completely. <laughs> you, you, you would have definitely watched the wrong film if you watched Paddington. Yeah. <laughs> Not as good? Mm, who knows? Oh, I love Paddington. Yeah, but is it as good as this? Oh, we'll find out at the end. That's You're a que- tell me, are you? That's a question we didn't think would come up. <laughs> Paddington <laughs> or Battle Beyond the Stairs, which is the best? I should post that on the Facebook page. Yeah, that's a good battle, right? It is, yeah. Who would win? Who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. So the plot, <clears throat> well, um, <laughs> you could possibly just look at the plot of Star Wars and mix it together with Magnificent Seven, couldn't you, really? You could, yeah. But I'll read it out All right. for the sake of it. Give it a go. This is straight from IMDb as well, so you know, always accurate. Absolutely. A young farmer sets out to recruit mercenaries to defend his peaceful planet, which is under threat of invasion by the evil tyrant Sador and his armada of aggressors. Oh, there's nothing worse than an armada of aggressors. <laughs> or, or, itchy, or the, itchy. I don't know, there's, sometimes there's a battalion of disgruntled. We, yeah, but you know the um, the disgruntled and the aggressors. It's a good are, name for a band. Are the platoon are slightly peeved? <laughs> oh no, we're not doing that, are we? The, the, squadron, gonna... <laughs> the squadron of dissatisfied. <laughs> I'm sorry. You finished? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you sure you haven't got any more? Do you want to no, get, no, get no, them out no. now? No, uh, oh, they're already out. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Should nope. I? <clears throat> We should say as well that we haven't recorded for a long time, so... Uh, we haven't recorded could... in a long time, so it could be hit or miss. I'm using a different microphone and set up, and I'm in a totally different location. Yes, you've moved. So who knows what's going to go right, and who knows what's going to go wrong. Although, we're beginning to get a gist that Skype is going to go wrong at some point. It's always one of those nights, isn't it? Yeah. We have them all the time. We do. Live by them. Die by them. <laughs> Die by them. Very possibly. <laughs> by the end of this. So, as I said, the film is based on the classic movie um, Magnificent Seven, which in itself was based on The Seven Samurai. Oh, okay, yep. I'm glad you went further back. Yes, I did. I knew you'd, you'd tell me off if I didn't. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's produced by the legendary B-movie mogul, Roger Corman. How do you feel about Roger Corman? I'm not... I, I know this is probably not a very popular opinion, but I'm not really totally big on Roger Carmen films. I think the guy with the car horn behind you, he, he loves him. <laughs> he loves him. He's a big Carmen fan. He's a big Carmen fan. He's going, hey, you! Oh, oh, I, you be... I, I'm just going to talk to him. <laughs> hey, I'm walking here! All right. <laughs> are, are you recording in the street there, Colin? <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's roving reporter, Colin Woodward. <laughs> Yeah, this is the new location. <laughs> I haven't got a place, really. I'm just roaming the streets. <laughs> Randomly recording. 
You've got everything you need on your back. That's true. It's, like, it's so unprofessional, isn't it? I should shut the window, but it's it's warm. What am I going to do? It, it adds to the flavour. Yes. And the smell? Oh, is that just constant anyway? That's just me. All right. So as you were saying, Roger Corman, you don't like him then? It's not that I don't... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now you really put words in my mouth there. I'm glad you said words. It's not that I don't like him. It's just that I don't go running towards a Corman film. What do you do? Sort of idle sideways towards one? I kind of sashay in a sideways movement with a little spin and a twist. So I can't imagine you sashaying. Oh. Like... Oh, don't... <laughs> Like the little ones that come with a Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's the kind of sachet I do. <laughs> what, the ones that you wipe your hands with? That's the ones. <laughs> Lemon scented. Yeah, they're very acidic as well. Are they? I don't yeah. eat them. Why would you eat them? You know you're not supposed <laughs> to eat them, right? It's not a food sauce. Am I doing it wrong? Am yeah, I doing it wrong? all this time you thought it was like something you're supposed to just open. <laughs> have it after the chicken. Oh, lemon flavoured chicken. Lovely. No, you no, don't eat no, them. No wonder my guts are rancid. Yeah. Most of the time. Not that the po- podcast listeners needed to know that. But Nobody needed to know that. Well, you know, we, we like to share. So so what 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 uh, what have you got against his movies then? Again, putting words in my mouth. I don't have anything. I just I, I just find that they're a little cheap and not very well written. Well, as I was just about to say, Corman is a Hollywood legend who's produced. <laughs> he is. He's a legend. People love he, him. I'm not I'm not denying that. I like, I like a lot of his movies. I mean, maybe I should just go through and see which ones I do actually like and don't like. And maybe it's that I've seen them and I didn't know they were a common film and I've liked them. Okay, well, I'll, like, throw, a, I'll throw a couple at you. I'll see if I can catch them. Yeah, so get, get your mitts ready. Uh, all right. Mitts he, uh, he produced or directed such classics as Pit and the Pendulum. I don't think I've seen it, but all right. Mask of the Red Death. I've seen it. These are all Vincent Price movies, by the way. What a surprise. Death Race 2000, the now, original. I think I've seen that a long time ago. I don't. It hasn't stuck in my memory. And the original Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, I've not actually seen the original. I've seen the remake. I prefer. I like the remake. He also is credited to giving lots of big names their first start in movies, such as Jack Nicholson, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, and a certain James Cameron, who also worked on this movie, Battle Beyond the Stars. See, that's, that's the thing I can get behind, that the studio and him managed to bring these new actors and these new writers and creators into mm-hmm. the mainstream. So I, that I can't knock. And I've got to say that his, even his knockoff movies, which this is, and he made a lot of knockoff movies, mm-hmm. there's a movie called Galaxy of Terror, which is just alien. Um, they're a lot better than the kind of knockoff movies that we get today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I just need to sit down and do like a, a serious common uh, marathon of his films because clearly I, I don't know as many as I thought I did. Well, there's a, you're, you're visiting here soon, aren't you, Colin? Yes, yes. Post-Brexit, I'm going to see what kind of wasteland awaits me. Well, I'll, I'll get my uh, Roger Corman boxer out for you. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so much joy so much to look forward to yeah. you booked your tickets now you can't go back that's true <laughs> so Battle Beyond the Stars stars Richard Thomas as Shad uh, if you say it backwards it's Dash just uh, saying no it's not yes it is no it's no, no it's, it's, it's Dash because the, the H and the S are around the wrong way yes go with it, go with would, it. would you like me to cut that out 
no, 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 no. People know. People know now. Okay. So I don't. I have no idea what I'm talking about yeah. or what I'm doing. So there we go. Uh, all right. Robert Vaughan as Gelt. Now Robert Vaughan was actually in um, Magnificent Seven. He was. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a little bit re re remaking his role. Which one do you think he's more proud of? Oh, it's a tough choice. I think it's probably Magnificent Seven. I would have gone Man from Uncle. There wasn't the choice. Wait, what was that an option? <laughs> it was just between these two films. You can't just add oh, one. Oh, did I not? Did I not say it out loud? It was in my no, head. No. Sorry. Personally, I think it's the A Team episodes he did. Well, funnily enough, what you say about the A Team, George Papad plays Cowboy. In yeah, this movie. Space Cowboy. Now, did you know that George Peppard actually um, was considered for the role that Robert Vaughan played in the original Magnificent Seven? I did not. That is interesting. Nice mm-hmm. fact. We should yeah, have like we should have like a little jingle for your facts. My fact jingle. <laughs> oh, I'll get it out. Don't you worry. Um, John Saxon as Sado or Sado, as I like to call him. Sado. 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. John Saxon. John. John Saxon. John. <laughs> How many have you had? I'm only on two. Um, I just started this podcast. John Saxon as Sador. John Saxon is another one of those B-movie actors, isn't he, that you see a lot of. Mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street. Very good in that. Yeah. <laughs> You've never seen it, have you? <laughs> of course I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Have you? That surprises me. Uh, yeah, it's a good film. like it. Okay. I'll assume you're being serious and go with it. Um, Darlene or Darlan Flugel as Nanelia. Yeah, Dr. Hephaestus' beautiful daughter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Earl Bowen as Nestor and the statuesque Sybil Danning as Saint Exmin. Yes, the Volkairi warrior. Um, Sybil Danning, she's an interesting character, isn't she? That's one way of describing her, yes. What are good points? Um, well, she's got two. Yeah. Her personality. And That's one. And her acting ability. Excellent. Very well done. So uh, the film had a budget of $2 million and made $7.5 million US domestic, which is a hit in anyone's book, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, James Cameron and uh, Gail Ann Hurd, his future wife, they met on this movie. Didn't know that. Yeah, and it was Corman's most expensive production up to that time. But most of the money apparently was spent on Robert Vaughn and George Pepard. <laughs> yeah, I read that. That's weird that it's a science fiction film, which is, I would guess it's like 70% effects work, and yet the biggest part of the budget was spent on those two actors. Well, he did this a lot, though, Corman. He, would, he was well known for getting actors who, not past their prime, but past their glory days. That's interesting. Isn't that like a Quentin Tarantino thing that we... Mm-hmm. He does exactly yeah, the same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. Right. Because it, it gives it gives the movie a kind of a authenticity that it probably wouldn't have had before. Yeah, absolutely. A legitimacy it. is the word I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. I totally mm-hmm. agree. Now, this was the first major theatrical film scored by James Horner, and I'm sure we'll discuss that. As oh, we, well, we, we will. Yes, we will. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> A couple of other interesting facts. The main body of the space station in the movie was made from material salvaged from a dumpster. Oh, well, you know, that's kind of not surprising because a lot of these uh, model works, like even in Star Wars, they're just Earthfix kits and things like that that they buy and then they just 
stick them together stick them together to make something new so it's, it's still it's still um talent isn't it oh absolutely it takes talent to be able to vision that and oh yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. The score apparently was reused in um, other Corman movies such as Space Raiders and The Wizards of the Lost Kingdom. Now, I've seen Space Raiders, but I don't think I've seen Wizard of the Lost Kingdom. Well, shut your eyes, put this movie on, and you're almost there. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> and it was also released the same year as Empire Strikes Back and Flash Gordon. Well, that was a big year for science fiction. <laughs> is, that, is that sarcasm? No. <laughs> All right, it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. So shall we look at the trailer? Yeah, why not? Let's let's unleash the beast. Play it. Ruthless invaders, a defenseless planet. Battle beyond the stars. A lone youth escapes on a last-ditch mission that begins at the edge of the universe. Oh, no. The story of a boy who finds more than he expected. Burn. And all he can handle. Does your species have kissing? Oh, yes. We have that. Try one. That's a hot dog. It comes from Earth. Do you like it? There's no dog in this. Mm-mm. Soybean meal, niacin, dextrose, and sodium nitrate flavoring. That's what we call meat back home. Beyond the stars. Starring Richard Thomas. George Papard. Robert Vaughn. John Saxon. <laughs> A battle beyond time, beyond space. Nice good fire! That ends in a desperate gamble. They'll be able to board us. It won't make any difference. Get that hatch open! <laughs> battle beyond the stars. Do you know what? Wow. That tells you everything you need to know. That Absolutely. Trailer. Don't need to see the film. <laughs> you probably don't, actually. No. It's all there. Yeah. <laughs> so have you got anything else you want to say, or shall we crack on? Uh, the planet Akira and its inhabitants, the Akira, mm-hmm. were named in honor of director Akira Kurosawa, who, of course, directed Seven Samurai, which is the framework for the plot of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Paxton was a carpenter on the film. Was he really? Yeah. Oh, right. So there you go. You did, you, you did a deep dive on these facts, didn't you? Uh, or I could be just re- reading Wikipedia. 
Ah, you see, I, I didn't go any further than IMDb. Well, sometimes you you're, have to stretch your legs a little, Paul. Stretch your well, legs. You're hardcore, aren't you? You're hardcore. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell the listeners my viewing habits. <laughs> oh, they know. <laughs> We're almost 50 episodes in. They know. They that's know. true. That's true. We're going to have to do a special for the 50. We will. Yeah, it'll be a special. I just won't turn up. <laughs> Two hours of me sitting there waiting for you. Yeah, just silence of you going, hello? <laughs> hello um that's most times we try and record isn't it that is true yeah yeah i wish there was a better thing than skype but here we go oh um, well, you never know maybe when when you visit we can do an episode actually in the same room wouldn't that be a treat for everyone no <laughs> <laughs> all right that's all i have really in okay so shall we shall we jump straight in yeah let's go for it put your wellies on we're going in all right it's gonna get messy always does yep so we get the new world pictures presents logo um up there with canon for mark of quality i think new world pictures don't you absolutely yeah i always relax settle in open up the popcorn crack open a beer when i see that logo do you see it a lot um not so much these days Name some other um, New World Pictures movies, then. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you name me some. They did a lot of horror movies. Yeah, that's not names. That's not specific. I could have done that. Well, that's what <laughs> oh, you Wait, 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 wait. They do a lot of movies. There you go. <laughs> just as narrowed it down as you did. <clears throat> Let's just carry on. Let's carry right, on. Yeah. So, Blue Rings fly at the screen. And then the music from Star Trek 2 starts. Or is it Kroll? See, I would have said Battlestar Galactica, which isn't a... I don't know if that's a James Harner one, but it kind of sounds like it. But it does go into Star Trek 2 later on. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like James Harner just crapped it out. But I assume this came before that, so now I'm thinking Star Trek 2 was crapped out, which kind of annoys me because I love Star Trek 2's soundtrack. You could also say that maybe he he perfected in Star Trek 2 what he tried ooh, ooh, ooh. here. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. That, that, that fills me with joy. Let's <laughs> let's do that one. Let's see. He he perfected it. It was a work in progress. <laughs> I bet that's what he told people. Yeah, he's like, oh, th- this 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 song you're doing, Jimmy. It, it, I don't mean to be rude and. I'm no composer, but it sounds kind of like the thing you did for Battle Beyond the Stars. Work in progress, mate. Work in progress. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's good. I like that. And and again, when Kroll came around. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, then he has, to, he has to really stretch it, right? <laughs> like, um, this, this that you did, it's, it's very similar to Wrath of Khan, and it's similar to Battle Beyond the Stars. Oh, it's working in progress. Yeah, yeah. How fucking long is this going to be in progress? <laughs> well, he's dead now, so... So it's done, it's finished. I think he's dead. We just... we'll, we'll go with it. He's wow, dead. in one sentence, you just killed him and brought him back to life. <laughs> so the, going back to your Star Trek Two comment, the, um, the font for the uh, titles is... Very reminiscent of Star Trek 2 as well, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Um, and this came before Star Trek 2, right? About two years before Star Trek 2. 
Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's not looking good for Star Trek 2, it's is not. it? It's <laughs> not. I love Star Trek 2. Yeah, same here. Oh, well. So a huge spaceship, and it is huge, flies majestically past the screen in a not too dissimilar Star Wars way. Yeah, yeah. It's oh. not bad, this effect. Oh, space balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, it looks a lot more like the ship in Spaceballs, doesn't it? Uh, you know what, though? I, even saying about the budget and all that we talked about earlier, the special effects in this film, I, they're kind of all right. I kind of like them. When they're good, they're really good, and when yeah. they're bad, they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to the inside of this gigantic spaceship, and it's not quite as impressive on the inside, is it, as uh, the model work? No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it looks a bit uh, haphazardly put together, I think. a bit. It's a bit crappy. Yeah. Now, Sador, the evil Sador, is looking at the planet Akira through his telescope thing that he's got. And his uh, advisor tells him that it's ripe for conquest. I do like how Sador comes across as kind of mild-mannered. He's a bit like a low-level manager, isn't he? Yeah, like a middle manager. Mm. He has a team of people. Yeah, he wouldn't. He, he's more like the uh, jackbooted uh, background people in Star Wars, isn't he? Than a Darth Vader type. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. But Sailor asks, what about the forms? Which kind of threw me until I realised what they're going to do with them later. <laughs> you won't talk about paperwork? <laughs> well, he's a middle manager. <laughs> he's like, oh, we're going to conquer this planet. We're going to destroy it, but... Oh, the paperwork. <laughs> There's so much paperwork. Title. Requirements <laughs> of destruction. Oh. Takes hours to fill in. So what he really means is that, I, and I only realised this on this viewing actually, and I've seen this movie a million times. Okay. They're chopping people's body parts and sticking them on themselves, aren't they? There are there are a race yeah. of people that 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 rejuvenate themselves by cutting and pasting bits of other people together. They borrow limbs. Mm-hmm. Does Lim know about it? She's aware of it because she's uh, armless now and legless. Well, she's had a few drinks, but. <laughs> as many as you. I've had two beers. That's all I've had. So we cut to an Akira weather ship. Oh, yeah. The Akira weather ship. That's right. And um, I... these two guys are in the ship. They're they're on a bit of a jolly, aren't they? Really? Well, I, what's the point of having people in a weather ship? <laughs> Can't you just have cameras and satellites, you know, like we do anyway? Like, yeah. when was this film made? 1980. So... We had satellites, right? Mm-hmm. So why have we suddenly put people in them? What's, what, what are they doing? Are they just <coughs> flying around the planet going, oh, look, it looks like rain there. Yeah, right? Ooh, mm. That looks like a big storm. Shall we call down? Oh, no, I can't bother. Nah, nah, they can see it because, you know, we just send the data over to them anyway. So, so, so what, are you, what, are we, what are we doing? Well, they're very laid know. back. Yeah, well, it will be laid back. They've got nothing to do. <laughs> but when Sador gives them a call from his ship, they respond by, hi, how's it going? Yeah, he's like, how you doing, mate? All right? Yeah, just, just you know, weather. Well, they get disintegrated, don't they? They do. They do, which is <laughs> more than they deserve. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> oh, come on. What's, what is the job? Stealing a living. <laughs> Stealing a living. All right, okay. I was... I, it must have cost a fortune to put that weather satellite up just to put these two jokers in it. That's what I mean. Just put a satellite up. Don't don't put people in it. There's no need. It, it, Makes no sense. No. 
So on the planet, the inhabitants are all milling around in front of a highly convincing backdrop. They're all milling around, what, making bread and flour and shit? That, that's right, yeah. Okay. Grinding it out. That's a thing. When, when a, a model of Sador's ship looms overhead, the planet design's interesting, isn't it? It's kind of like the buildings kind of grow out of the planet itself. I liked it, but I also could see the seam in the matte painting behind. <laughs> which which yeah, did, I, did, did throw me off slightly. Did you watch a Blu-ray? Uh, yes, I did, yeah. It, it doesn't do it any favours, does it? No, the, there are some things that were just made for VHS. Yes, yes. And this is where it was VHS. I saw this on many times in the early 80s. Yeah. It looked, looked great then to yeah. my uh, untrained eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now your eyes have got worse, but the quality of the video has got better. <laughs> That's true. So it, it swings and roundabouts. It is true, yeah. So we meet Shad, who's looking up innocently at the ship, and he turns to an elder and asks, what is it? Now, they've got, the te- <laughs> they've got the technology to launch a weather satellite, so surely they're aware of spaceships. Yeah, there is some odd dialogue in this film. Mm. That I, well, it's exposition, basically, so the other character can tell us what's going on, but yeah, yeah, he's an idiot. Now, the, the guy's called um, Zed, isn't he, the elder? Oh, so that's Zed. Hmm. For some reason, that didn't occur to me. Yeah, Zed. There's a Star Trek connection there, by the way. Let, let me have it. No, I, I'm going to get this right this time, because I said, I, when I last did the Star Trek yeah, connection, I got the right. wrong episode, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. And, and it was and pointed out to us. Loyal listeners. Yes. Who knows far more about it than we do. No, I'm sure that this guy was in the episode. I hate the fact that you used the word sure, which suggests, <laughs> suggests you didn't actually double check this before announcing it. No, I'm sure he's in the episode The Cloud Minders. Uh-huh. Yes, I'm okay. sure it's The Cloud Minders. All right, you want to go with that, right? You don't want yes. to look it up and come back to me? No, 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 I'm sure it's The Cloud Minders. I'm, I'm, I'm almost convinced it's The Cloud Minders. Okay. All right. So, um, Sador beams out a hologram of his giant head, and he tells them all that he represents the Malmori, and that basically you're all fucked. Basically what he says. And he's got a special weapon on his ship called the Stellar Converter. Ooh. Nothing like the Death Star kill beam at all. Nothing at all. It just converts people into women called Stella. Or it converts people into beer. <laughs> That's my kind of weapon. It is. You'd love that weapon. That You'd would. be like firing it on everything. Yeah. Oh, that's that sounded a lot dirtier than. Yeah. Let's forget that. So uh, Saxon talks like he's on the he's a bit on the spectrum, isn't he? What is to do with Captain Scarlet? <laughs> spectrum. <laughs> no, he's he, he's a bit. Uh, how can I put this without it being crucified? He's he's a bit autistic, isn't he? Oh, he likes painting and stuff. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, not that well because he's got some of it down his face. That's true. Mm-hmm. He's got a big... We should say he's got a big birthmark down his face, hasn't he? Oh, or a tattoo or something. A tattoo, yeah. yeah. We'll go with a tattoo. Sador then orders his snipers to um, to kill a few people to prove his point, and he says that he'll return in seven risings. Yeah, yeah. Whose risings are these? <laughs> his? Other people's? Mine? Because seven risings for me, that's like... Two months? Yeah, Two let's months, not go right? into that. Why couldn't he just say seven days? 
I know, right? They had to come up with some. You can imagine the scriptwriter going, "I can't use days because that's that's lame." Um, he's in a coffee shop. He's like thinking. He's going, and then he went risings, and he's like, "Woohoo!" High fiving himself, and he's like, <laughs> "Risings, yay!" That's what it is. It's a bit. It's a bit rich that he just starts blasting a few people for no reason, though, isn't it? I mean, they haven't even done anything. Well, that's what villains are like. Is that is that how you write a classic villain? It is. It's a demonstration of his power. Oh, right, okay. I shall watch that from you in the future, then. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Just, wait, what, sniping random people? What, what's, <laughs> what are you saying about me? I'm just saying, you know, I'll keep an eye out. All right. So, why I'm is he going, from the though? back, anyway. You shoot, I'm, sure, I'm <laughs> sure you would, Colin. I'm sure you would, indeed. But why is he returning in Seven Risings? Why doesn't he just conquer them now? Um, well, he's got appointments, meetings, he's got paperwork to fill in, don't forget. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. So, yes, uh, yes. Perhaps part of the uh, paperwork is that there has to be a seven days wait before he can finalise everything. Oh, just, just in case anyone sort of changes their mind mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I see what you mean, yeah. like pulls yeah. out of the deal. Yeah. I don't think Sado ever pulls out, though. Not first. No, 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 no. It's always last. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, the... Uh, he leaves, um, but he leaves a fighter behind to watch the planet, and he orders his warship to go full thrust to Octomil. Yeah. So, first of all, one fighter with two people in it for the whole planet. Yeah. Seems a little slim, but okay. Well, but you and... couldn't stretch to more than one, could it? Right. And then Octomil, it sounds like some craft brewery. <laughs> I thought you sounded like a face cream. Oh, really? He's just got slaver yeah. on the Octomil. <laughs> well, they look like they need it, don't they? They do, yeah. So th- these Malmori fighters, though, these ships, they look a bit like bugs, don't they? It's an interesting design. I haven't seen anything else that looks like it. Mm, yeah, th- uh, th- I like the model work in this film. I think mm. it's pretty good. Meanwhile, there's a council meeting back on the planet. Most of Akira want to just submit. Yeah, and then but- the other half want to talk about potholes. <laughs> It's like Reading again. Wow. I thought I'd do that for you. That's a callback to very early episodes, that is. It is, yeah. I haven't mentioned the potholes for a long time. I know, right? I'm sure they'll get worse again after Brexit. I'm sure they will. Huge fucking craters, probably. Well, actually, eventually, if there's so many potholes, they'll join together and you'll just get a lower road. (laughs) You're probably right there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Zed has the idea to send out for mercenaries. Well, he doesn't really. Hold on, because the, there's this big talk and the, like, the Planets Council say they don't know how to fight. They're peaceful people. Mm-hmm. They live by the Verda, which is the rules or the religion that they follow. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I know how to fight. And then he says, to fight creatures of violence, you must use creatures of violence. And then suddenly one guy goes, we'll hire mercenaries out the blue. <laughs> I was like, well done, that guy. <laughs> but there is nothing leading up to that conversation that suggested they should hire mercenaries. He just came up with that. There's a few moments in this movie that are a bit like that. And it's like, oh, wow, he's, he's amazing that he just got... And then they're like, who will find the mercenaries? And then mm-hmm. John Boy, uh, I'm sorry, Shad, <laughs> says he can get them. So. I just thought it was weird that he just suddenly yells out about mercenaries. Maybe it was Shad throwing his voice. Yeah, he's like, oh, mercenaries. That, I don't that know what was, that was. That was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was. 
That was an example of voice uh, uh, <laughs> throwing. Works better in person. On the on the I microphone, hope, hope it, so. loses, it loses a lot on the microphone. It lost a lot. Yeah. yeah, a lot, hell of yeah. a lot. So Shad volunteers to go, and he's going to use Zed's old ship. Yeah. So now this ship. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yes. Is there a point in this film where it is clarified that the old guy is Zed? Yeah. Where? Nell says his name all the time. No, she talks about Zed, but she doesn't talk about... There's no link between Zed and that old guy. There's no... At no point does anyone say that old guy is Zed. Well, his name's Zed in the credits. Oh. That actor plays him uh, in the credits. All right, okay. I didn't know the credits were part of the film. I didn't know, like, the, all the people in the film had to read the credits so they know who each other <laughs> is. All right. You're giving me screenwriting lessons again, aren't you, Colin? No, no, I'm just curious <laughs> that I thought I'd missed something where someone had referred to him as Zed. I, and I'm that... sure he's referred to as Zed by somebody. Okay, maybe I just missed it. All right, that's okay. fine. So now this ship. Um, yeah, Interesting ship. design. It's unique. Oh, oh, very organic. Um, very, very organic. It's kind of a cross between, um, like, Go on. I don't know. I kind of think it's a cross between a snail mm. and a snail. Yeah, a snail and mm-hmm. uh, a pair of breasts. It's even got nipples. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what were they thinking? Uh, probably let's cross a snail with a pair of breasts. I'll say it again, though. What were they thinking? I mean, let's be honest. There's no other ship like it. It's not. It's very unique, and I it's mean, a nice model. You look at Battlestar Galactica, and those ships in there are just rip-offs of the X-Wing fighter and mm-hmm. so on and so forth with different shows. Mm-hmm. You can't say Battle Beyond the Stars nicked anything. Not at all. No. no. It's a very uh, interesting apart ship. From a, apart from snails and breasts. Yeah, well, you know. Who doesn't nick things from snails and breasts? <laughs> is that the name of, a, that the name of a, a, a brothel somewhere? That's actually the name of my biography. Snails and breasts. Someone else has written it. I'm not writing it because I've been autobiography, but it be, it is called like Nick Everything from Snails and Breasts. All right. Okay. It's a very dull book. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> it's, it's a slow read. I'll bet it is. Snail so pace. Sh- yes. Oh, <laughs> so Shag goes on board. And he has a nice chat with the, the onboard computer called Nell, who's um, grouchy and argumentative. Yes. Annoying? Um, no, no, borderline, but I was okay with her. It, it was that kind of era when you always had to have a, a, a computer or a robot with a personality in your movie, didn't you? That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, like Buck Rogers with Tweaky. Mm-hmm. Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose a chimpanzee in a suit in Battlestar Galactica. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um now the ship takes off and he Wait, well, what hold on a second. Was 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 that sarcastic and annoying? It didn't talk. What? The chimpanzee in a suit in Battlestar Galactica. Wouldn't you be annoyed by a chimpanzee in a suit? Yeah, but it didn't talk. Screaming, kill me, kill me at any opportunity. <laughs> We didn't talk in the series. It wasn't sarcastic. No, but it it, it kind of looked it, didn't it? Oh, it looked sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Move on then. <laughs> so <laughs> the major point. <laughs> so, so for the purposes of the podcast, I'm going to refer to his ship as Nell from now on. Okay. Because the computer is pretty much the ship, isn't it? 
Yeah. The ship takes off amid lots of borrowed Star Trek sound effects, apparently. Oh, yeah, some of them very obvious. From the motion picture, a lot of it as well. And uh, the Malmori fighter back at the planet notices that the ship's leaving, and it tries to shoot it down. Uh, Nell talks some talks Shad through using the weapons on board, mm-hmm. but for some reason Shad doesn't want to uh, tip his hand, as he says. <sighs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Actually, that kind of makes sense, I suppose. He doesn't want them to know that they've got. But if he blows it up, it's the only fighter in orbit. So who's going to know? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Okay, doesn't make sense. Take it back. Okay. Also, <laughs> like. Cool. Nell gets pissed at this point, right? He's no Zed and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if Windows had an attitude like Nell? You log in and you're like, oh, looking at those websites again. You'll stunt your growth. <laughs> you mean yours doesn't do that? No, because I don't look at those websites. But uh-huh, You got out of that one, didn't you? I just, I just <laughs> think that why would you create an AI with such an attitude? It's just annoying. I've got the impression it's supposed to be one of those organic AIs, isn't it? Oh, like... Because the ship looks the ship organic, organic isn't it? Organic. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense then, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, like it first, certainly... I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, kind of thing. Exactly. I certainly wouldn't appreciate um, being judged by my Alexa. No, because that Alexa has seen shit. <laughs> no <laughs> the, idea what you're talking the, about. The no electronic consumer product should ever see. It's shaking in the corner. <laughs> please, please. I just wanted to be a Google assistant. Shut up. <laughs> now show me. Show you what? You know what I want to see. <laughs> wow, this went to a dark place. <laughs> it did, didn't it? Oh, dear. With no help from me whatsoever. People's careers have been killed for less than this, haven't they? Yeah, you know I have one. It's okay. That's true. So, uh... The way these two Malmori pilots act in this ship um, reminds me of two people, really. The way that they're kind of not really bothered about their job and Mm -hmm. they can't be bothered with anything. It's it's a hassle, isn't it? Do we have to shoot it down? I don't... Ring you you anyone? No. No, actually, not me. Not ringing any bells, though? You and one of your friends? (laughs) One of my friends. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, do well, yeah, have yeah. some, right? Kind of one of, one of my friends, yeah. Yeah, one of your friends, yeah. Yeah. Now, one reminds the other that to chase after the fleeing Akira ship would be disobeying orders. Do you remember Lobo, he asks? He disobeyed orders, and now Sado's wearing his left foot. Yeah. I thought that was a good line. Actually, there are some good lines in this film. There are. So Nell berates Shad for showing her backside to those mutant sons of bitches. Yeah, she's not happy. She's not happy at all. But Sad says that he's uh, off to find the mercenaries, not fight himself. I don't mean fight himself. I mean, he's not off. He's not going to no, that, fight. That'd be a weird film, wouldn't it? It'd be like yeah. Fight Club. He's punching himself in the face. <laughs> in the <corner. laughs> Nell tells him if they held a contest for running away, then you'll be a champion of the universe. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? It is a little bit because, you know, she doesn't see the big picture. You go, fuck you, Nell. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. Can you imagine if Windows said that? You'd be annoyed, right? I would be annoyed, yeah. Yeah. I tried to think what Windows would say to me. Yeah. Um, so they arrive at um, a space station, and we get a slow ride by accompanied by Vija sound effects from Star Trek The Motion Picture again. <laughs> well, they are, aren't they? 
Did James Horner do Star Trek the motion picture? No, but apparently the the sound effects were nothing to do with uh, Jerry Goldsmith. They were just sound effects that were produced for Star Trek the motion picture, especially the Vija effects. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then they just got shipped out wherever wherever people wanted them. Wanted them, like yeah. The, like the Wilhelm scream. Or that weird blinking neon night thing that turns up in everything. Okay. Yeah. So Shad tries to hail a Dr. Mephestus, but he gets no, no response. Nope. So he docks the ship slowly anyway. Yeah. It's a very slow docking. Well, th- those are the best kind. They are. He eases it in. Take your time. Mm-hmm. Don't rush. Don't dash into it. Dashes. Shad backwards. Which we've already discovered. I know, I'm saying it again. I'm saying it again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. I mean, you not learn. If you say a thing enough times, it becomes a thing. Yeah, let's not get political. Yeah, all right, okay. Oh, certainly not at the moment. No. Not your side or mine. No. So, uh, Shad finds a woman (laughs) (laughs) working. amused himself. Interesting. Shad finds a woman... Working on... No, it's still making me laugh. All right. Do it again. Okay. It's not even funny. Just No, it the, doesn't the, sound the, funny, the, but it's just it's, amused yourself. Just the phrase, Shad finds a woman, comma. <clears throat> Shad finds... Stop it. I'm not Shad doing fi- anything. <laughs> Shad finds a woman working on robots that sing space opera. I, I like the scene where the, you can hear the singing throughout the ship as he's exploring it. I thought that was a mm. nice atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, what an atmosphere. I love a party with an atmosphere. You don't want to rush too much into it, do you? No, you, you realise that there's only like five people on the planet who's actually going to yeah. get what you're doing. Because you don't want to find yourself rush about. No, no too much, Paul, Paul, like I said, there's only four people now. There's less. One of them's turned off <laughs> that are actually going to get what you're doing. Is one of them actually Ross Abbott as well? <laughs> yeah, and I'd say his mum if she's still alive. I was going to say, if he's still alive, is he? Is he? he is, oh, isn't he? Let's not do that. Because by the time this goes out, who knows? A <laughs> past history. We've killed a few off in our time, haven't we? <laughs> it's getting like that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, it, it's nice. Um, but then Shad's captured by a killer chair. Oh, vehicle that comes along. Mm-hmm. Straps yeah. him in, doesn't it? Straps him in, yeah. Now, the woman's suspicious and questions him. And she's shocked to find out that he's not an android. Yeah, because all her life she's just been surrounded by androids. Yeah, she's never met a real person apart from her father. Yeah. And her name is Dr... Um, she, I presume she's a doctor as well. Why? Where does she get her degree? <laughs> I was waiting for you to go, a woman. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, uh Yes, yeah, no, she didn't go to school for this. No, she's not a doctor. Also, notice all the robots are men, unlike Cherry 2000, one of our earlier podcasts. That no one's listened to. <laughs> oh, people are listening to it. It's, it's gaining. It's gaining, it's gaining, yes. Yeah. So do you think she's uh, boinging these uh, robots? Then? Is that what you're saying? When you say, is that what you're saying, when you link it to a subject that has totally nothing to do with that? No, but you, you're talking about Cherry 2000, and he was boinging his robot, wasn't he? So I'm saying is she oh, boinging no, his was, robot? I was just saying that in Cherry 2000, all the androids are women, but hmm. in this film, all the androids are men. That's... What's your point? I have no point. Don't you listen <laughs> to this podcast? <laughs> At least I had a point. Yeah, very loose one. It's still a point, even if it's loose. 
not a point. It's like a rounded edge. <laughs> Technically a point. Okay. All right. So her name's Nanella. Or Na- is it Nanella or Nanelia? Nanella. Oh, let you figure that out. It's one of them. Yeah. And she's Dr. Hephaestus's daughter. <laughs> I, keep, I keep thinking of Dr. Hephaestus. That's, that's something else, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Um, now, Shelley's taken to Hephaestus, who is just a head on a box of wires. Yeah, you don't mean a head like he's winning. You mean just no, no, no. A, just he's, a head. He's literally a head. Yeah. yeah. Some of this stuff inside of him doesn't look very complex, does it? No, no. It's it's like the uh, positronic brain of data. It just seems to be flashing lights. Yeah, I'm sure I saw the um, you know the kind of tube that you attach to the back of a tumble dryer to uh, so that all the, the the fumes can escape from it. Yeah. I think I saw one of those in there. Wait, you got fumes in your tumble dryer? Fumes. Yeah, you have a thing that comes out the back, don't you? Uh huh. Yeah. No? F- fumes. Fumes. All right. Uh, but then again, I've seen your laundry. Yeah, fumes is right. <laughs> You'll see it up close and personal soon. Well, that sounded wrong, didn't it? No, yeah, it did. Really, did. That's that's a niche website you don't want to visit. <laughs> Paul's pants. <laughs> Hey, if anyone wants any, I'm, I'm quite happy to mail them to you. Oh. Used. No. Oh, boy, they're used. So, unfortunately, Hephaestus doesn't want to help Shad. What he does want is to uh, get Shad to uh, <coughs> have sex with his daughter, apparently. That's right, and not leave. Um, so, Paul. Go on. What would you do? <laughs> well, um, let me think about this. It's a short podcast. So it's, it's only four hours long. Take your time. I no would. I'd, I'd carefully consider all my options. And and you don't have to factor in the fact that you're happily married. Okay. No, obviously. Yeah. I, I, you're assuming if if I was in Shad's position. Absolutely. You know. Considering the fact that also um, I've been sent out on this important task to hire mercenaries for my planet that's going to be destroyed in seven days if I don't come back with them. There is that, yes, yes. That That's probably weighing on your mind. Yeah, it's either that, save my planet, go get the mercenaries, save my planet, save all the millions of people on my planet. Or, um, buying this girl that I've only just met. Who's well, you're not just buying him, you're, you're going into a relationship. And marriage, I wonder what you're going to say then. And, what? And, and the lifetime of commitment. Oh, I'll go save the planet. Okay, just, just curious, all right. I mean, you could try it out for a few days, see how it goes, couldn't you? You got seven risings I, before. I, I don't uh, think there's like a. It's not like you signed up to Columbia House Music Collection or something. It's not like there's a trial period. Do you, do you know what? I don't think I'm getting the best out of this. I think I'll. Uh, can I cancel it, please? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to keep them. Though. I'm going to keep. Them. All right. I'll just pay for the the seven times and then, you know. Oh yeah. Well, he's got seven risings before Sador comes back, so he could get about at least two or three risings of his own in there, couldn't he? Yeah, he could, yeah, and then move on. Then move That's on. That's true. I think he used to say that once she's uh, tried his rising, she might go a bit off him, you know. You know, that's a good point. We're only seeing it from the men's point of view. We should we also are. see it from her point of view, is that she might not even want that. Sexist pig. Sexist yeah, pig. you're right. Right, I'm a terrible person. You are. Yeah. <laughs> so it, i did write uh, we just had that entire conversation then my next note was it's not a terrible job offer 
You have had worse job offers. I wrote that as well. Yeah. And there you I, go. So have I. <laughs> Shad doesn't want the job, though. Turns her down. And uh, asks if uh, Nanelia has enough toys. Enough toys? Mm-mm. He like... says, don't you have enough toys? What, like fibros? I think that's what he's getting at, yeah. Oh. All right. <laughs> However, Shad uh, mesmerizes Nanelia with talk about wind and uh, how infections kill children. Oh, is that how you mesmerize, mesmerize a woman? <laughs> you talk about wind. But it also I mean, works for Shad. I've talked about my wind. Never I talk about it. it. I talk about it when you can just do it. Don't talk, show. Exactly. Imagine <laughs> if, if you take that thought to its extreme, though, then he's he's whipping out pictures of infected children. Uh-uh. How do you get from talking about wind to infected children? Well, he managed it. Did he? Yeah. He starts talking about how these, there's, there's children on this planet that get infected and die within a certain amount of time and stuff. and It's all very strange. He's a charmer. He is, isn't he? He, he knows all the moves. But it works for him because it convinces her to escape with uh, Shad. See, that's where I've been going wrong all these years. I need to talk about infected children. And wind. And wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, right she down. tells she yeah she tells one of the androids to go kill itself. That's right, she does. Yeah, by mm-hmm. by blocking the door and defeating the security systems. So mm-hmm. she really cares about these robots. Well, first though, she does have a bit a few second thoughts because of her father. But um, in the end, she grabs a suitcase and boards the shuttle, um, and she follows Shad. Yeah. Now, uh, her shuttle, it's got no weapons, but apparently she's okay because she's brought an analyzer. Yeah, those are always useful. Well, it is useful later. It's lucky she brought it. Mm. Mm. So Nell wants to apparently have sex with her shuttle's computer. Well, a very attractive computer. Nice, uh... Nice, nice input. Nice input. <laughs> very good. I'm <laughs> glad, you, glad you said that. <clears throat> So back on Sador's ship, um, he's meeting with one of his lieutenants who says that the emissary has returned from the planet below with a reply, and he hands Sador a small bag. What's this, he says. Our emissary. So they've killed him. Yeah, they turned him into a a powder. I like this scene. That was funny. It is. You thought it was funny, did you? Yeah, it works well. It amused me. It powdered the emissary. That's like... That's an... You know, you could talk as much as you want, but if you actually send the emissary back in, like, a bag, that pretty much says all you need to know, right? Well, it it says you're not going to take any shit, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, maybe we should practice that in real life. What? Send people back in paper bags? Yeah, and now you put it like that, it seems less appropriate. I don't know. I'll go with it. Oh, really? Okay. You, You do it first. Let me know what happens. All right. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Okay. Unfortunately, though, it, these plucky people on this planet, it's a bit of a shame, really, because uh, Sado just destroys them, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, see, he shouldn't, shouldn't have done that after all, so we were both wrong. He uses his uh, Death Star beam. What's it called again? Oh, God, a stellar... Uh, stellar converter, stellar isn't it? converter, yeah, because it can <laughs> change the planet into a sun. That's right. I thought you were going to do the same joke about beer, then. No, well, dude, I don't repeat jokes. I'm not you. <laughs> that's uh, that's true. So, um, so back with... <laughs> what? 
it's not, it's not true. I repeat them all the time. <laughs> but only because my memory's so bad, I've forgotten I've done them in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one as well. So uh, back with Shad, uh, who's talking with Nell, and he's telling her how he thinks Nanalia has an interesting form. Lots of interesting forms going on in this. Uh... Yeah, there's a love of form. <laughs> She's got an interesting form. Is that a P45? Yeah, maybe, because it's all about paper. This whole film's about paperwork. Mm-hmm. A P45 is an English thing, by the way, for all our American listeners. It's a, it's what you get when you uh, get sacked from a job or fired, as you should say. Yeah, nicely described. I like, Thank you. I, like, I didn't know we were doing an informational now as well. It's great. <laughs> We, we always give information. Yeah, usually inaccurate, but... I was going to say, most of it's wrong, yeah. isn't it? So, <laughs> it's, it's still information, even if it's wrong. That's true. We put it out there, people have to decide. For yeah, themselves. it's like a turn-your-on-page adventure. <laughs> is this fact true, or is it not? Well, let me look through and see. Yeah. Make sure you keep your thumb in that page. Yeah, you don't want to do that, because you might die. Yes, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. Shame you can't keep your thumb in life, really, isn't it? Ooh, that'd be the name of your autobiography. It's a shame you can't keep thumb in life. Yeah, keep thumb in <laughs> life. That'd be yeah, I like it. Now, suddenly a ship approaches, <clears throat> uh, being chased by jackers, who I presume are like pirates. Mm, yes. Let's hope that's what they are. Yeah. With the name like jackers. Yeah, they could just people jacking off, I suppose. <laughs> No, I was quite happy just to leave it there. Oh, just, no, I'm going for it le- now. Just leave it hanging. Yeah, no. Oh, don't leave it hanging. <laughs> it's so smooth, isn't it? No, wait, hang on. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. now, now we should move on. Uh, it's Space Cowboy, who uh, doesn't seem too bothered. He's just kind of singing as everyone's shooting at his ship. Yeah, he's drunk. He's, he's drunk, isn't whiskey he? whiskey or whatever, and he's just like, high on life. He is, a bit like you. Yeah, yeah, high on life. Mm-hmm. Everything's going great. I will say, I think these pirates need to get their uh, guns looked at because they're just bouncing off his ship, aren't they? That's because he's uh, so drunk that his alcohol level is propelling <laughs> the lasers. I must remember that. Yeah, you are invincible, mate. <laughs> Fucking invincible. I've often thought so. Yeah, yeah, you should try yeah. it someday. Now, Cowboy's ship's another interesting design, isn't it? It's kind of like a lunar module with added bits stuck on it. A lunar module with added bits, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very technical term. But... Yeah, I, I just, what blau, uh, blaued. <laughs> it blew me away with science. It was an amazing description. I'm glad it blew you away. Yeah. So, um, a bit reluctantly, Shad joins in with the fight, uh, but he won't fire from behind. But now no, I... he doesn't like to fire from behind. He doesn't. He doesn't. No. Doesn't know what it's, he against, it's against the Verda, right? It is. Which I kind of admit, kind of gets annoying in this film. The Verda. I kind of want the Verda to just shove it up his ass. <laughs> so everything's Verda this, Verda that. The Verda doesn't approve. But the Verda is one of those. It's like the Klingon honor thing, where that it's very flexible when it's dramatically needed for the plot point. That's very true. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Adver backwards, by the way. What? Adver backwards. Okay. Meaning? Oh, it doesn't mean anything. Just saying. Well, at least you got the letters in the right order this time. 
That's <laughs> why I said actually, it. Actually, no, you didn't, because isn't it Adrav backwards? Oh, why? Why are you? Well, what, is, what is it with you? Are you dyslexic, but only dyslexic <laughs> when going backwards with words. <laughs> I'm only dyslexic with uh, word made up words from 1980s science fiction movies, but only in reverse. But only in reverse. Yeah. yeah. All right. You're like <clears throat> flag. Ooh, that's glaf backwards. Uh, no, that's galf. <laughs> so, no, you're seeing through me, eh? But the thing is, though, aren't they written down on your notes? I'm not, yeah, but so you have you ever actually, seen my so, writing? So you can actually see these words written down. I can and see still them, yes. get them wrong. Yes. What the hell am I dealing with? <laughs> oh, you know what you're dealing with. <clears throat> so uh, Nell has other ideas, um, and uh, she helps to destroy the jackers. Yep. Now, Cowboy tells Shad that he has the finest collection of old movies in the galaxy. That's useful. It is. It is. Do you think some, he's in some of them as well? Like a George Peppard movie. So do I. Uh, but this is this was before 18, wasn't it? 1980. 18 yeah. was about 82, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. So Shad asks Cowboy to help fight against Sador. But Cowboy says that going against Sador is a suicide mission. Yeah. Well, he's not wrong. It is. Because, you know, mm-hmm. he's got a lot of weapons, a lot of people. Suddenly, though, a transmission come, comes through. It's from the planet that Sado is about to obliterate. And we see a ship open a door and they fire the stellar converter, which destroys the planet. And it's a nice effect again. Yep. Kobo says that his cargo of weapons was actually for the planet that's just been destroyed. So Shad is very interested and asks Cowboy to help his people learn how to use them. Kind of handy he had all those weapons in his cargo hold. Well, you know, he's delivering. He's like the UPS of... Interstellar weapons delivery service. Well, to be honest with you, if, if it's Amazon here, then uh, it's exactly the same thing. So, oh, they're not in, I'll just chuck it over someone's garden. That's what they do. You're not getting an Amazon delivery this week. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. So uh, he agrees, saying that he'll um, help set up Akira's ground defences for them. He doesn't want to fly in the in the space battle. That's right, yeah. And he keeps making sort of Western references all the time, which confuses Shad until Co- Cowboy's offer, he, he offers to show him uh, Custer's Last Stand. Right. Now, is there a film called Custer's Last Stand? In 1936, there was a film called Custer's Last Stand. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. so there you go. I knew that. Yeah, of <laughs> <course> you did. <laughs> what you're here for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So next, a shimmering glow engulfs Nanelia's ship. I've called her about five or six different names, haven't I, all the way through this? Yeah, yeah, considering you made a point at the very beginning to say you were only going to call her Nell. Oh, I make lots of points that don't stick. That's true. Um, She passes out in this shimmering glow until another ship attacks the glowing thing, destroying it. And then the ship swallows up Nanelia's ship. Um, inside a, it's like a huge gaping maw, isn't it? A huge gaping what? Maw. Oh, okay. Did you like that? No. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. <laughs> so she wakes up to find herself hanging by her wrists from the ceiling. She's in Cayman's ship. Now, Cayman's a, a reptile man thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, and his ship looks all hot and steamy inside. Oh, like a 70s porn film. It does, actually, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, allegedly, I wouldn't know. 
Yeah, of course. That's what I was asking you. So Cayman tells him that um, he saved her life and he introduces her to his to to his crew, which includes two weird bald headed small creatures called Ermin and Thurmin. Yes, Ermin and Thurmin, who are Kelvins. Yeah, because they're thermal creatures. Yeah, they really mm-hmm. went well with the names, right? They did, yeah. They had a periodic table on the wall, didn't they? <laughs> you probably... Wait, no. No, Paul. Let's not go there. <laughs> it's not, these are not periodic... <laughs> <laughs> let's, cut, let's cut that out. <laughs> these are not periodic... I didn't do science. No, clearly. <laughs> These are temperatures. <laughs> let's let's not go with this. What 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 was I, what did I mean then? The temperatures. Kelvin is a temperature. <laughs> Fermin as in thermal. They're not periodic. They're not like right. chemicals. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you Mr. Science. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> I didn't know that. <sighs> I know. I've, learned, I've learned something now. I think. Yeah. Uh, he also seems to have a, a weird Conan the Barbarian guy on his ship as well, doesn't he? Yes. Yes, who doesn't do much. He doesn't. He kind of stands there flexing. Yeah. Don't we mm. all? <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm doing it now. Oh, yeah. Wow. Under the table. Oh. Just Le- the bottom half. Less flexing. wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't start. Right. So Cayman intends to uh, sell Nanella off. To sell it off. <laughs> All right. I left a gap between Nanella and off. You did. Not in why. my notes. Yes, it was in my notes. I, re- I just oh, read it. Uh, I just oh. read the way oh. I, re- I wrote it. Oh God, really? So you're gonna say like you know the end and speak it yes. out loud or fade lights? Uh, so she tries to hire Cayman, but he's not interested until she mentions Sado's name, and this sends him off on one hell of a anger. Fest, doesn't it? Yeah, well, actually, she says, like, you're just like Seda, and then he gets all angry about it. Mm. And he's in. No, he's in. Yeah, he's all for it because he hates Seda. He does. And they cut Nanella down and they set course for Akir. And um, Cayman seems surprised that Seda's alive, doesn't he? Yes, that's right. Yeah, Mm. because I guess he thought he was dead. That would be why he's surprised. <laughs> that was excellent deducing there, Colin. Well done. Oh, yeah, they, don't, they don't call me Holmes for nothing, you know. <laughs> you blew me away there. Yeah. So uh, back with Shad and his ship is being um, pulled in by a huge glowing white ship. Mm. It does move fast, this film, doesn't it? <laughs> Unlike this podcast. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it does. Like, in the first 10 minutes, you've got quite a distance, and it, it just keeps moving along. The problem with that is there's no characterization whatsoever. No, none at all. They're all they're all one-dimensional comic books. Yeah, totally. But it does move. It moves. It moves fast. So the white light fills the room, and suddenly Shad is beamed onto a kind of a light ship, isn't it? And it's, a, it's an excellent special effect, this ship. It almost looks like something from Close Encounters, doesn't it? Well, I would have gone with Doctor Who, but okay. No, not the interior. The interior oh. looks like Doctor Who. Oh, okay. The exterior, Sorry. Yes. The model looks yes. like something from Close Encounters. Yes, yes, yes. The interior looks shit. Yeah. It's just a white room with a console in the middle. Yeah. Um, it's a Nestor ship yeah. run by five identical beings who stand around a console. Okay, says Shad. What's the big idea? I like that line. It's not yeah, great, very... but I like it. 
it's very throwaway, isn't it? It's very yeah. well done. Yeah. So Shad pulls a gun from somewhere. I've never seen him have a gun before, but now he's got a gun. Mm-hmm. And Esther used mind control to make him point the gun at himself to to um, to show him how powerful they are, I suppose. Yeah, and I should point out that they're all all in white. They're like the blue man group in the nude. They are. <laughs> it's terrible makeup, isn't it? Yeah. It's the worst of all of them, really, in the movie. It's like, it's like the budget ran out when it came to doing this. So yeah. oh, I'll just paint, paint them white with a bit of, put a bit of stuff on their head. So Nestor One, who seems to be the leader, tells Shad that they have been monitoring him and wish to join his band of mercenaries. So they're kind of like a hive race, aren't they, with one consciousness? Yes, yes. And, and they say they, they have this line, they say, that we can read your mind among other things. What other things? <laughs> yeah, what have they been looking at? Yeah, well, no, besides the mind, what else is there to read? <laughs> like, Explain yourself, mate. You know, his coffee table books is... Uh... Oh, there's reading. Yeah, there's... Uh, uh, we can read your mind and books. Medical history. Could be reading that. Could be, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Lester explains that four are needed to pilot their ship. What about the fifth? Asks Shad. We always carry a spur. Yeah, who wants to be that guy? <laughs> Especially with not what happens to him later in the movie. You just know we'd be the spur, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. what's this we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to even be that? <laughs> I'd be Nestor One. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You, you really? Okay, all right. Well, let's face it. If, you, if they're going to cut somebody's arm off, it's not going to be mine, is it? No, that, that's true. All the alcohol will kill the rest of the nesters. They'll be drunk all the time. They'll be like, hey, fly down to Rio. Woo! Well, I don't know where you get this idea from. I don't know. Life. Life, yes. So they hand Shad a blue drink, and as he's drinking it, Nestor tells Shad that... See? They want See? To help they are you. They're, he's just handing drinks out. Yes. Oh, you never drink anything blue. You don't? Oh, I don't do blue. I don't know. Blue sounds good. I was going to say, I was waiting for you to say, oh, I like a bit of blue. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. Nestor tells Shad that they want to help to avoid being bored to death. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a horror, right? Being bored to death. So try my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've got lots of things to amuse you, Colin. Mm-hmm. Me. This podcast. This podcast, for start. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you amuse me. There you go. I'm going, I knew I was good for something. Right. So back with the uh, the fighter that um, Sador left around the planet, and the two pilots are getting itchy riches, aren't they? Oh, I hate that. It's a powder for it. Oh, <laughs> I see where you're going. They're, they're somehow watching um, a televised marriage ceremony taking place on the planet. Yeah, or maybe it's on TV. I think it's like a royal wedding. Yeah, maybe, yeah, or like a Big mm-hmm. Brother-type reality show. Well, it doesn't end well for them, does it? No, it doesn't. So, bored, they um, they beam up the bride, and... Oh, um, that actually sounds like a show, beam up the bride. Beam up the bride. Well, they Tonight can't... on Beam Up the Bride. Well, they beam something up her, don't they, because... Um, they uh, they kind of indulge themselves with her, don't they? Now, do they really get the chance to, or is it just... They get interrupted before anything happens. Oh, no, I, I think that there's an off-screen rape going on here. Oh, okay. 
Not sure. Well, you don't. That. You don't get that in Star Wars, do you? Well, not not to my knowledge. Yeah, don't I mean, you ever saw C three PO get uh, touched up? Did you? I don't know. He always has a kind of walk about him. <laughs> We're talking about the character, not the actor that plays him, aren't we? Well, yeah, of course it's about yeah. the character. <laughs> <laughs> Just clarifying. All right. But it, there's, the tone of this film is very strange for what is essentially a kid's movie, isn't it, at times? Yeah, this seems a little out of place. Yeah, I mean, we've got... And it gets quite violent towards the end as well, later, that we'll get to, but... You got you got suggested rape. You've got a woman, uh, a, a father telling a guy that she he basically wants his other guy to have sex with his daughter. It's all very strange. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure a lot of this was lost on me when I saw it as a kid, though. Oh, I'm sure it sunk into your subconscious somehow and formed the character you are today. <laughs> yeah, you might have a point there. Explains a lot. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So back with Shad, and um, Nell flies him to uh, a desolate um, wasteland of a planet, doesn't he? Doesn't she? And he goes off on foot into a cave where he falls into a dusty shaft. Oh, dusty shaft. <laughs> You've got all their movies, haven't you? <laughs> Shad ends up in a, a run-down sort of casino place, doesn't he? Abandoned. Oh, he does, yes, yes. And then as he's touching stuff, they're uh, becoming alive, the machines, and the music mm-hmm. starts playing, and yeah. He touches one machine, and it's called Dial a Drug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard you like that machine. <laughs> Dial a Pint would be more. That's right, it would be, yeah. You'd just be on it all the time. Mm-hmm. Next, he switches on a, it's basically a prostitute machine, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and the woman appears in there. But when he actually gets the real woman, um, she's kind of a zombie, isn't she? Yes. It kind of reminds me of the Logan's Run device where the people appear and you get to choose which one you go with. Yes, I thought the same thing, but I think this the, the, I don't think they're actual real people, aren't they, that you get? I, I agree with you. I think they're actual holograms or mm. something projected. Robots or something. Yeah. Yes, yes. So suddenly the laser fires... And it's the mercenary Gelt, played by Robert Vaughan, mm. uh, sitting on a throne surrounded by all these loot. Yeah. How, how long has he been sat there? Well, I would say about 15 years. Has he got a built-in toilet? Yeah, it's a throne. I mean, what's your throne look like? Mine has a toilet, isn't it? Uh, you've got a throne. Yeah. You don't? No, I don't. Oh. Does doesn't everybody? I guess not. Oh, is it, is it gold or platinum? Platinum, yeah. Platinum is platinum better than gold. Um, it's I mean, one, we've, it, we've obviously it's, we've obviously established that I don't know shit about. Um... <laughs> it's warmer to the body. That was that. Uh, that just, that's that's creepy. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Um, okay, all right, so. Um, so Gelt thinks that Shad has come to kill him. I shut down that conversation. <laughs> that did. You see that? I just moved straight on there. Yeah. Uh, Gelt thinks that Shad's come to kill him until he explains that he's looking for mercenaries. But Gelt, Gelt says that he's um, he's the only one left on the planet, that he's got hundreds of bounties on his head. Oh, <sighs> bounties. Don't, don't. Oh. Let's not do chocolate puns. They didn't go as down. soon as I said it, as did soon it, as I said they it. They didn't go down well last time. 
they didn't. Wow, people hated it. The thousands of listeners, they were like, no, let's not do that again. Really? Just go with it, pal. All right, okay. <clears throat> I find that bounties go down perfectly fine. But... I've heard they go up you quite easily, too. <laughs> That's Maz Maz. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wider, wider girth. Wide, oh, wider girth. That used to be a pawn name, right? <laughs> No, you're you're mixing that with wilder girth. Oh, okay. Completely different. Completely yeah. different. Oh, sorry. Uh, so he's got lots of bounties on his head, as I just said. Yeah. Um, Gelt's kind of like a an emotionless version of Han Solo, isn't he? Hmm. I mean, he's kind of dressed like Han Solo for a start. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I can see yeah, that. Yeah. Go with it. Go with it. All right. I'm going with it. Um. So Shad explains that. Um, all he's got to offer him is food and shelter. But Gelt seems tired, and he's tired of the endless days of solitude and having to watch his back all the time, so he accepts. Yeah, it was fairly easy, really. What, to get him? Yeah, I mean, uh, it didn't mean need much convincing. I imagine it's th- this film where Shad is going around employing these mercenaries. Mm-hmm. I imagine the conversation is very similar to the conversations the agents have for employing the actors. <laughs> how much yeah right mm-hmm. how much how long yeah what mm-hmm. okay can i get yeah. home by five all right i bet you that that people like robert vaughan were only on this movie for what a couple of days at the very least yeah definitely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so back on his ship shad encounters a small a smaller ship that seems to uh challenge him to a duel oh yeah but the tiny ship is fast and quick and it outmaneuvers Nell, which she's not happy about. No. The pilot is a warrior woman named Saint Xmin, who uh, wants to join Shad's quest. But Shad isn't interested as a ship has no weapons, apparently. It's an interesting costume she's wearing. What's interesting about it, Paul? Well, I mean, it's very, it's very Viking-like, uh, isn't it? As in? As in it's got lots of horns and... <laughs> Something that the Vikings were famously not having. So uh, it was pointed out to me by my uh, nine-year-old son recently. Oh. made a reference to Viking helmets having horns. And, and they don't? They never did? Apparently not, no. No, I, I love it that your nine-year-old is teaching you this. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's a very interesting costume. It's got lots of uh, pluses. Such as? Uh, as I said, the nice helmet, the uh, breastplate that she's got. You like mm-hmm. a nice helmet. I've heard that. I, <laughs> I like a breastplate as well. I've heard that too. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Hey. No, she's uh, Sybil Downing. She's not She's not employed for her um, acting talent, is she? How dare you, Paul? How dare you? <laughs> no, 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 not normally. Not normally, no. But uh, she, she's, she, she, she brings something. She does, it. yeah. And I think you've described it perfectly by using the word something. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes. Uh, so Shad contacts Cowboy, who is slowly getting pissed. Uh, and, you mean, you mean uh, drunk? Drunk, that's Not it. Angry. I'm sorry for our American yeah. listeners, yes. Because you get pissed. He's like, oh, fed up with this. Mm-hmm. Sitting around doing nothing, getting paid. It's terrible. <laughs> well, he was kind of a grumpy sod, George Peppard, wasn't he, apparently? Well, in real life? Yeah, apparently so, yeah. Oh, Didn't know. get on with Mr. T very well. Oh, yeah, because that's because Mr. T took the limelight after the first season. 
Mm-hmm. And fun, funnily enough, wasn't George Pepper drunk a lot of the time towards the end of the A Team as well? I don't believe. No, I'd have to. I would have to argue with you. I think by that, I think George Pepper had had a drinking problem previous to the A Team, but I think by then he was like a very big uh, Alcoholics Anonymous promoter at that point. Oh, was time, he? So yeah. I got it the wrong way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think by that time he was like you know totally almost evangelical about it about not drinking oh i didn't know that yeah yeah so there's you and my nine-year-old son pointing out that i'm wrong all the time yep that's life that's how it's going to continue from now on yeah i guess so yeah so um chad introduces uh cowboy to nesta mm-hmm. and then k-man and nanella turn up and uh gelt arrives as well and um, Cowboy keeps asking everyone, doesn't he, if anyone knows of Earth? Yeah. Because apparently Cowboy's from Earth, isn't he? So. He is, yeah. So Cayman says that he wants Sador's head. And uh, St. X-Men, she just won't give up, so she follows them. And they all fly to Akir. Yeah. Yeah, they're all together. Meanwhile, at Akir, the two uh, fighter pilots in their ship get interrupted. The raping gets interrupted, doesn't it, by... Uh, now, one of our listeners pointed out that there was an off-screen rape. Yes, it's the same the same listener that actually uh, asked us to cover this about a year ago. So, we got there in the end. Yeah, I, are you sure that's what happens? I I always assumed that there was an off-screen rape going on, yeah. Oh, okay. Because she's screaming. She's screaming. All right. It's kind of weird for a kid's film, right? The whole film's weird, though. Yeah. you got right. a spaceship with gigantic boobs. Yeah, but that's just us that seen that. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure. Some that's kid not watch- just us. No, Trust like, all right. So if if a kid watches this film, you think the kid's gonna go, "Oh, that's that's saucy." Saucy. He may not use the word saucy. <laughs> he may not. No, no. Because he's, he's not a kid. Unless he's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's sitting there reading his beano and going, "Oh, it's saucy." <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think that. I think that. He, he, I think it's probably a were. A certain kid of a certain age would probably go look at this ship and go, oh, all right. All right, okay. So, um, as I say, they get interrupted as uh, Shad and his mercenaries all show up. And one of them says, one of the pilots says, what should we do? Run away? Good idea. <laughs> I like that plan. <laughs> See, it's us. Uh, wait, what? No. The, the, apart from the raping, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's just you. Let's just, let's just get that in there quick. So Gelt, uh, he um, he chases after these pilots, mm-hmm. and um, now Robert Vaughan's pilot acting just seems to consist of him stirring upwards Bro, and moving well, moving his eyes backwards and forwards. What's he I, doing? I like it. You like it? Yeah. He looks like he's playing a very complicated game of pong. Uh, is there such a thing as a complicated game of Pong? It was 1980. They were all complicated, weren't they? I suppose so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it's a very weird um, acting choice, I felt. Hmm. Okay. So on the fire, the kidnapped uh, bride suddenly wrestles for control of the ship. And this allows Gelt to get in there and come up from behind and blast them. Cowboy says, I love to see a pro work. So it's kind of a love thing between Gelt and uh, the space cowboy. Well, I don't know if I got that. <laughs> you know, professionally speaking. A, a professional admiration. Yeah. I would like, say it's a love thing, but... 
<laughs> do you? That's the that's the problem with you, Paul. I'm not really. I don't that's really a, want no, to no, see. no. That's the problem with you. You just you just don't want to connect to your emotions. I don't want to think about George Peppard and Robert Vaughan getting it on with each other. You don't? I do all the time. Oh, I'm sure if you look hard enough online, there's some slash fiction out there between the Space Cowboy and Gelt. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe Cayman's in there as well. Yeah, maybe, you know. Cayman think... and Ermin and Thurman. Ah, it sounds like a team of lawyers. <laughs> Everyone knows that Ermin's the brains, though. Of course, yes. Yeah. So they all land on a Kia, and uh, they all, at first... the, the thing about like, do they have to construct like wardrobes and bookcases <laughs> and things like that? Because every Ikea. time, you, every time you pronounce it, it sounds like you're saying IKEA. <laughs> so they all land on a Kia or IKEA. It, 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 to be honest with you, it's uh, it's very well made. Yeah, set. for an I- yeah, for, especially yeah. for an IKEA set. Are they German? Is a Kia German? No, uh, Swedish. Swedish, same thing. So, oh, all right. <laughs> Good luck with that one. you got to bear in mind my wife's half Austrian, so... Yeah, only the bit that tells you what to do. That's right. <laughs> Very loudly. As I said, they all land on a Kia, and uh, first no one comes to meet them. Uh, I think they're all a bit afraid of them, really, aren't they? Yeah, because the Vada teaches them that, you know about violence and how it's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like Eventually, said, yeah, they will... Sorry, go on. The verder is kind of annoying, as I've mentioned. Yeah. Well, eventually they all don't care anymore and come out. And um, they have a conference again where Nanella uses her analyzer, her, her lucky analyzer that she managed to bring with her on her ship. Yeah. To locate a chink in the defenses of Sado's ship. You know, the small thermal exhaust port just below the main port. So, I mean, it's all Star Wars, isn't it, this? No. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next, we see um, a man playing a, a space glockenspiel uh, to make trenches out of uh, the desert. That's true, right? And mm-hmm. I, it, it confused me at first because I didn't know, like, why they were making trenches. Ah, well, you find out in a minute, don't you? Yeah, but there's no point, like, you don't understand that they're going to be a ground battle you just assume there's going to be a space battle yeah but cowboy did say that he'd take charge of the ground defenses didn't he? i suppose and yeah yeah okay i'd like to point out as well that cowboy's got a belt that dispenses scotch yeah but it also looks like he's just pissing into a glass every time he uses it <laughs> it does because the, the nozzle is right where he's uh yeah i think let's let's be honest that was done on purpose yes yes I'd love one of these, though. You would like to just piss into a glass? <laughs> well, I can do that whenever I want to. But yeah, I mean, you know. I'd love a belt that dispenses uh, alcohol. Would you? I can oh, imagine yeah. your work doing it. What about it? Doesn't it dispense ice as well at some point? It does, yeah. So uh, next we get a slow, long shot up the many varied aspects of Sybil Danning. Nicely written. Mm. And she's... um. Instructing Nanella in uh, sexy talk. That's true. She talks about dangling his prangle and wingle his dingle. And uh, you would know all about that. Uh, yes, I, I've wangled my dangle, then I've pringled my wingle, then I singled my slangle. And when do they take the tag off your ankle, Colin? 2025. <laughs> 
which I'm hoping the jetpack will solve all the problems about it, it may well do. transportation. Mm-hmm. So back on Sador's ship, mm-hmm. they uh, they can't reach the fire that they left in on Akia because obviously it's been destroyed. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, Sador just seems to give the impression that he thinks most of his men are basically useless anyway, doesn't he? Yeah, he really... I mean... I've never worked in an organization quite like this where your boss completely like degrades you on a continuous basis. I mean, I would go to HR if I were one of his <laughs> He's probably HR, though, as well. Oh, yeah, he probably is, right? You know? He's, he's HR, he's recruitment. <laughs> That's true, you're right, yeah. So back on Akia, uh, Nanella kindly asks Shad to give her one. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, they talk about procreation, right? She says, I scan the information about mating. Yes. And then, and then he says, well, you know, I'm sure I can show you the ropes. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. ropes are involved. <laughs> and then there's a joke about his erection. There is. Yeah. Which yes. is, you know, perfectly acceptable for a kid's film. It is. I mean, judging from what's gone before already. I mean, this is just uh, this is nothing really, isn't it? No, no, uh, uh, just a tip of the iceberg. It is. Mm-hmm. We've done that before as well. What? We've, we've done a joke about tipping the tip of the iceberg. Have we? We have. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. We should really end this show. Too many jokes. <laughs> <laughs> gags. They love it. It's, it's, it's like the fast show. Keep coming back for the same jokes every week. <laughs> that is true. That is true, like a sketch show. Yeah, mm-hmm. good point. Except not funny. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Some people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> me. So late, yeah, me. So later in the trenches, uh, Cowboy is entertaining everyone with his harmonica, and uh, the Nestor are fascinated by his hot dogs. Yeah, who isn't? Love a good hot dog. Do you, like, do you like hot dogs? I like hot dogs. Yeah. yeah do you, do you do them? Like hot dogs, onions, ketchup, mustard. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. You judging me now? No, no. I'm just curious because you know it's a. It's a big thing over here. You got a Central Park. You got the stands next to Central Park. You get a hot dog. Get mustard. You get you know. Well, it depends on, on the, it. it. All depends on the on the, the actual dog, though, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah, you don't want a crappy one, do you? I mean, they're all crappy. I know, but you know, some are crappy. Yeah, it's not like there's a there's a like a gold plated hot dog that everyone's like, oh, to. If there was, I'd find it. Well, would you? I would, yeah. Well, you like the Sherlock Holmes of hot dogs? I am. I'm very particular about my sausage. Yes, yes, I can imagine. I won't put any of the meat between my lips, you know. No, no. <clears throat> it's not what it said on the high school men's toilets. <laughs> Which one was they? Be? Are they the ones with the hole in cut into the side? That's right. Ah, right. Yeah, right. Th- th- they were called the holy toilets. They were. <laughs> Yes, that's what they said. So, um, the t- uh, two kids try um, talking to Gelt, asking if he's a bad man. He explains that he's a killer uh, with no emotion. I-, I actually think that Robert Vaughn was actually quite good in this scene. Uh, yeah, also, this is the, really the only characterization or like, examination of a character in this film, this point. Do you think he asked for it? If I'm going to be in it, give me something. Give, at least you just give me something. Maybe, but it, but it is the the best like characterization scene in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Suddenly, the warning sound. Sado is approaching. 
and everyone uh, heads to their ships. Uh, Cowboy asks the woman um, that he's just met, apparently, if she'll come with him to Earth, because apparently he's going to bug her off now. Yeah, there's a, well, there's a lot of quick relationships in this film. Mm-hmm. But she points out that if he tries to run, Sado will detect him and just shoot him down. Yeah, yeah. Pointless. Yep. So Cowboy shrugs and pours himself another stiff one from his bottle. Yep, from his, he's from, in a glass. Yeah, from his booze belt. Yep. And he says, remember the Alamo. So Sado's ship detects uh, St. X-Men's ship approaching, and she orders him to surrender. She's yep. got big cojones, doesn't she? Massive. They are massive. Yeah. Uh, Sado sends out some fighters, and they chase her around for a bit. And the Sado pilots kind of look like they're playing keyboards for Daft Punk, don't they? Yeah. But they, they do have a weird piloting strategy. They just seem to be hitting random keys on a keyboard next to them, don't they? It's how I fly. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Right. All right, okay. So Nell and the rest of the mercenary ships all join in the fight. And we get lots of uh, reused effect shots over and over again, don't we? Unfortunately, yes, we do. Mm -hmm. You'd think they'd have saved some budget for the end fight. Nope, judge prepared. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably right. So K-Man attacks Sador's ship and uh, Nestor and Gelt fly around for a bit. I used to love all this stuff as a kid, by the way. Oh, you did? Yeah. This, yeah, this bit is your favourite bit of the film when you were a kid. Yeah, any kind of space battles in movies as a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, can't, I can't argue with that. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. it was the same. So. Now, just, missile, just talking well, about this wants me to throw on a Battlestar Galactica episode. Does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now. No, no TV, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we should say... You haven't bought a TV for your new apartment yet. No, no. So, you know, I'm just, you know. Well, I can watch one. Yeah, you can watch one for me and tell me how good it was. I will. Mm. I will. I'll text you at four in the morning and tell you. Lovely. I'll probably still be up. Probably. <laughs> so a missile locks onto Nell. And Shad turns towards Sador and the missile hits his ship. And then suddenly Gelt's ship is hit. Have a nice fight, he says, as he crashes onto the planet. So he was really in, like, what, six scenes, maybe? Robert Vaughan? Yeah, what, day's work? It's not bad. And he gets a death scene in a moment as well, which yeah. is uh, impressive. So on the planet, um, the ground force lands, and Cowboy leads the fight against them. Yep. No, the the gun sound effects, they're uh, definitely from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, they, they are, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we get a shot of Cowboy stabbing someone, and green blood spurts everywhere. It's quite... Nasty as well. Yeah, only if you have an aversion to green blood. Well, I mean, somebody... It's, it's, it's violent. All right. <laughs> sorry, Mr. Right. Callus. I'm sorry, sorry so Mr. Vulcan. <laughs> so the Malmori bring out um, a sonic tank, yeah. which makes blood spurt out of people's ears. It does. It plays music that Paul likes. <laughs> oh, you'll find out. Uh, Cowboy says uh, maybe a good rock slide will uh, stop it. And then we cut to another person telling him that the rock slide didn't work. No, that but was... we never actually saw it, did we? No, no, it was off screen. <laughs> off screen, it didn't work. <laughs> Do you reckon they filmed it and it looked crap, so they didn't... No, I reckon it. they just didn't film it. They just went, didn't looked film. it and went, how much? Nah. <laughs> how much did <laughs> this guy go, it didn't work? Fruppence? 
excellent. Do that. Do you think that who got tasked with the um, going up to George Papad and say, "Look, George, um, we've got this really important scene that we want to film. Is there any chance that maybe for a day you might take half half of what you're uh, you're entitled?" No, just so they, that we they, they, they went, "Look, uh, George, we filmed this scene, wink, of a rock slide. Just say the rock slide didn't have an effect, or someone else say it to you, and mm-hmm. then you just go." Oh, okay. But we filmed it, and it looks amazing, George. Amazing. It's, it's like the best scene in the film. You just have to say, it didn't have any effect. Okay, George. Thank you. They just didn't tell him. They didn't film it. <laughs> Why would you? Yeah. It's a very good George Peppard uh, impersonation, though, as well. Was it? I wasn't attempted what? No, it, it sounded very good. To oh. my ears. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So thing, things are looking a bit bleak now as it turns into uh, Saving Private Ryan all of a sudden. And we get lots of shots of blooded, weary people looking shell-shocked, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Nesta's two little friends, uh, Ermin and Thurman, mm-hmm. they offer to help as they've got no ears, so the sonic cannon won't affect them. Nope, they can't hear anything. <laughs> They'd uh, they'd love our podcast, wouldn't they? They'd, they'd be our biggest <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so they uh, they stand in front of the tank and they open their arms and they release all of their energy, destroying the tank. And I'm guessing it kills them as well. Then it appears to, or at least you know, drains their energy and they can be revived later. But it looks like they're dead. Yeah, it looks like they're dead. Yeah. And the Malmoris start to fall back because two uh, get taken out by one spear, don't they? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the elder, Zed, he's killed here, isn't he? He is, but not before he managed to beat one of the invaders to death. Now, well, not to death, but seriously wounds him. I really don't want to be that invader guy. Can you imagine reporting back going, oh, he's all right, what happened to you? He's like, well, well this, this, this old blind guy, he, he, he managed to... Uh, uh, wait a minute. No, no, he didn't. Uh, no, I was okay. I was fine. Do you want to be the one who admits that a blind old guy almost killed you? Oh, come on. You've made mistakes at work and then bullshitted your way through it, haven't you? Yeah, but I, mean, I, I have never been uh, mortally wounded by a blind old guy. But he wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be a blind guy when he tells the story, would he? It would be this massive 600-pound muscly dude. That's... Yeah, there were six of them. <laughs> six yeah. of them, I tell you. And they had me cornered. But I got three of them before the other three managed to wound me. <laughs> In all fairness to Zed, he is supposed to be the one warrior, isn't he? When he was younger, he was a warrior. Because Nell was his ship. Yeah, I've still not seen... I, I still don't remember this connection between him and Zed, but okay. Yeah. Well, you get it in a minute. Oh, do I? Because, because Nell, Nell receives a transmission that Zed is dead. He was the last of the great ones, she says. And what about me, says Shad? That's kind of uppity about him, isn't it? What's he done? This is true. I'm sure, I'm sure he's uh, very sad, though. He is sad. He is sad, yeah. He's John Boy. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Well, all right, are we going? No, I was just saying, good night, John. Bye. Oh, right, okay. Right. Do you ever see the Waltons? I was aware of it. Yeah, every episode at the end of it used to finish with them saying good night to each other. It was funnier when they did it in Star Trek V. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, let's not go into that. Mash <laughs> <hands. laughs> 
Oh, God, yeah. I still call them that. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, film, a film that apparently is factual to you. <laughs> it is indeed. Just wait until we do it on the podcast. You know we will. Yeah. Um, Looking forward so to it. Yeah. Back on Ikea, the wounded are being uh, Back on treated. Ikea. Back on Ikea, yeah. The wounded are being treated. And um, the mercenaries all land, and St. Xmin is leaping for joy at how well she did until Shad gives her a, a good talking to. Yeah, she's very shallow. She is. He says, I'm so-, she says, um, I'm sorry, we're a warrior people. We are taught to live fast, fight well, and have a beautiful ending. No, no, no. She says, you've never seen a Volcari go down. Yep, that's true. <laughs> I'm willing to learn, though, aren't you? Yeah, I'll give it a go. Mm. I bet you would. <laughs> well, might kill me. Yeah, but you'd die with a smile on your face, wouldn't you? It's something. <laughs> <laughs> now, we cut to Gelt, who's in a bad way after his crash. He's all mm-hmm. bloodied and broken. Yep. And it's a, it's a decent death scene. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. He's the only one who gets one. So, who got the characterization scene? Robert Vaughn. And who gets the death scene? Robert Vaughn. Mm. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So, um, Shad orders a full course meal to be buried with him, as per his uh, arrangement. Buried with guilt, I mean. Yeah, what a waste. I know. Do you think he's never snuck back afterwards? You'd be there, like, throwing the soil aside to try and get at the food. <laughs> no, you just sneak back later, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Dig it up. Free food? Yeah. He's not going to eat it. He's not? No. Nope. That's a waste. Yeah. <clears throat> so apparently one of the uh, Nestor allowed himself to be captured. We didn't see that either. No, no, he just suddenly revealed that he's been captured. Yes. And the Nestor explained that what one sees, they all can see. And so they're able to tune in to what's going on on board Sador's ship. Yep. Didn't know that until now. No, no, no. And the other Nestor is uh, strapped to a table being questioned by Sador. And they're about to torture him with a remote-controlled chainsaw when he just dies. Yeah. Commits suicide. He does, because apparently the Nestor cannot abide pain. Nope. Who can? No, I know. So Sado has the Nestor's arm then transplanted onto his own body. Yeah, which is a damn quick operation. I've had McDonald's that take longer than that. <laughs> also, it is, it is with good. less dire effects. See, he, obviously NHS quality. Ah, yes. I'm not saying anything else. Nope. Better <clears> than not. Oh, no, better not. No. All is going well until the uh, Nestor's arm... Uh, the, it suddenly starts to uh, attack him, doesn't it? It does. Because it does, and I like this. It's almost like a spin-off film. Go should... on. Yeah, no, no, I just think there should have been a film called Sadar's Arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just his arm going around, like, being transplanted to different people and then committing <laughs> crimes and then getting away with it and then being transplanted at the end of the f- episode <laughs> to somebody else. Kind of just... like an evil version of the littlest hobo. Is what yeah, yeah, exactly, but called Sadar's Arm. Sadar's Arm? Yeah. Write it. No, no, I will. I want a pilot this time next week. I won't write it, but Cedar's M will. <laughs> Great tagline. Thanks. Mm. So it's it's a nice idea. The Nestor, obviously, t- they take control of his arm. Yeah. So how are they doing that, though? Because if they're a hive mind, mm-hmm. the, the arm hasn't got a, a mind, has it? The hive hasn't got a mind. It has <laughs> one mind. 
The ar- no, the arm doesn't oh, have arm a, doesn't a mind. Have it's just an arm. Yes. But the mind's in the dead body that they've discarded. Yeah. You know what I think's happening here? Go on. You're thinking about it. <laughs> and over 40-odd podcasts, what have we learned? Don't think about it. Yeah. Okay, I'll stop thinking about it. I would. It's gone. No. The didn't thought take, is gone. Didn't take long, did it? Not at all. Never no, does. No. no. In, in one ear, out the other. Yep. Yep. So, um... As it starts to move on its own, and it pulls out Sador's weapon and tries to cut his own throat. Yeah, ooh. Sador just has to have it cut off. Yeah. Again. And yep. have his old one put... Oh, he doesn't have his old one put back on, does he? He's no, no, no he goes... He he's armless. Can't, he's armless. Can't hurt anybody. Yeah, he's got an arm off. Nope. So, um... Which is better than a leg over, but... It's not. No, it's not, is it at all? It's not. No, that's why I said that, really. It would have been funny, though, if we had a few more shots of the arm just slapping and poking himself in the face like the Three Stooges, wouldn't it? Yeah, like for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> he's putting his hand in front of his eyes. And... Yeah, he's just trying different ways of defeating it. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Save it for the TV show that you're going to write. Okay. Sador's arm. Sador's arm. Actually, yeah. I might buy Sador's arm. Because right. I think I think there should be like at the end of every episode, the character will go, "Oh, by Sador's arm," as like a, a swear <laughs> word, and then it ends, and then it transplanted to the next person, and then they use the same swear word. Yeah, I think by Sador's arm. Ah, yeah, that's better. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch it. Yeah, good. I'd buy yeah. all, all ten seasons of it on. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say much. You watch Highlander. <laughs> Oh, we'll do that one day. Yeah, coming soon, I imagine. So, um, so back on Akia, Shad is, Shad is beside himself with doubt until St. X-Men and the Nesta kick him up the ass a bit, don't they? Mm-hmm. Give him a bit of a yep, talking yep, to. Yep. Wow. So uh, later, Shad is moping around uh, when Nanella appears and she tells him that she wants to join him with the fight. Uh, and then suddenly all the fighting in space starts again. And Shad admits that he's scared. And they have a bit of a... Bit of a cuddle, don't they? They do, yeah. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's nice. They don't say those ship. He's not very happy of what we've having one arm, you know. Yeah, yeah. That would annoy anybody. Yeah, and uh, space battles raging outside. It's literally the same space battle that we saw ten minutes ago. It is, and he also got to point out that Sadar's supposed to be this great leader and of this giant empire but he appears to only have one large ship and a few fighters he does he does i don't know where his uh, fleet or his armada is no it's very small it is it's a small armada it is yeah so saint x-men attacks and uh, somehow for a ship that apparently had no weapons to begin with she destroys a couple of fighters with uh, with willpower with willpower yes <laughs> And uh, at this point, the Nestor's ship is hit and they die. It explodes. Yeah. yeah. No death scene for them. Nope. Nope. Yep. Uh, no, Sador orders the Stellar Converter to be uh, readied. <laughs> readied. Uh, readied, yeah. Technical term for... That's it, yeah. Okay. And uh, on the planet, Cowboy uh, kisses his new girlfriend that he's just made. And he hands her his hat, and he heads off to his ship. He's going to join the space battle. Yeah, lucky her. She gets a hat out of the whole deal. I know. I'd want that belt, to be honest. 
Oh yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Back in space, Sador lowers his force field mm-hmm. and prepares to fire the converter. Ooh. Now, this bit is all weird because St. X-Men does this weird scream. Right. And can, you, can you do the scream? The what? Can you do the scream? Ah! Wow, you can. Very can. good. Yeah, yeah, that's <clears> nice. So she, what she does is she aims her ship at Sador's ship. Mm-hmm. And then at the last minute, ejects and allows her ship to crash into Sador's ship, doing absolutely no damage whatsoever. Right. So then she's floating around in her little pod. Mm-hmm. And um, she just gets destroyed. Yep. They blow her up. They do, completely. She says it was a glorious fight before she dies. So yep. she kind of gets a bit of a death scene, doesn't she? She does, but... She just flew herself into a ship, achieved nothing, and died. Most of these mercenaries achieve nothing. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I did, actually. It's like it's like Shad might not have actually bothered employing them. Pretty much. he could Because he does it all himself anyway in a minute. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Sador orders his ship to retreat because he, I think... It, he did. She did do some damage. I think she knocked out his force field. Actually, think about uh, it. Yeah, I think I think she knocked mm-hmm. off his uh, uh, his, mm-hmm. uh, his fake eyelashes. So all that thing about them not achieving much, it was just total. Yeah, we were wrong. I mean, she yeah, totally we like knocked him off balance. I think he wobbled a little. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's only got one arm. I mean, you'd wobble, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah. 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 It's gonna throw off your your inner ear and everything. Does removing an arm throw off your inner ear, Paul? I would have. I would have thought it doesn't help. It doesn't help. No. 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 Well, thanks for your medical knowledge. Thank you, <laughs> Doctor Wood. I know. Oh, that sounds like a pod film. <laughs> Doctor Wood. Doctor Wood is in. Yeah. Doctor Wood is in. Oh, now he's out. Now he's back in again. Yeah. Oh, now he's done. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was five seconds of fun. Five. I'm yeah, not a yeah. machine. You did it twice. I'm not a beast. So, um... <laughs> so they came and attacked Sador's ship. And they have a bit of a chat, and Sador takes the piss a bit, saying that he thought that he made his entire species extinct in the past. That's that's true. He probably made him, like, suitcases or something, or shoes. Um, but uh, then Cowboy attacks... Sador, you son of a bitch. This is Space Cowboy from the planet Earth. Here uh, I come. Yeah, and I'd like to point out that, that when you see the interiors of George Pepper, like moving the controls, and then it cuts to the outside of the ship, his control movement does not match the movement of the <laughs> ship whatsoever. It's like he's just randomly like moving the stick around. It just It's totally different. Shocking, that. I know. I, I thought so. It ruined the film for me. In a film with that much attention to detail as mm-hmm. Battle Beyond the Stars has got, that is shocking. Absolutely. Like, it's like they didn't care. It is. It's, it's exactly like they didn't care. It's like George rolled up, and did his lines, and didn't care about that little fact. Oh, he was doing lines. Don't you worry about that. Uh, no, he wasn't. We've discussed this earlier. <laughs> no, 1980, he would have been, though, wouldn't he? Nope. He, he wouldn't have been sober then. Because you, you told me that he was sober later in, in the A-team. Oh, yeah. Oh. Wait, wait, A-team's after... Oh, yeah, maybe then. We've had that conversation as well. Oh, yeah. Have we? How drunk are you tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk enough drink to in a podcast. We, it's we, professional. We reverse, we reverse roles on this one. It's, we've done a bit of a Freaky Friday on this one, haven't we? Yeah. 
I'm wearing a dress. You're in my body, I'm in yours. No, wait, hang on. Oh, no, 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 that's just wishful <laughs> thinking on your part. <laughs> so Cowboy's hit, and he goes spinning off towards the planet. And as he goes down, he picks up his harmonica, and he starts playing. I always like to play a harmonica when I go down. I'll bet you do. Did you have a harmonica? Uh, not, no, I know that you like it. No. That's going straight in the bin before you get here. Oh, so you, you did have one. Possibly. Okay, all right. I've got lots of instruments. Oh, I've heard that about you. You like an organ. <laughs> so um, we do get a shot of uh, Cowboy's crashed and burning ship. It's a nice matte painting, isn't it? Yeah, like I said, don't have any problems with the model work. or mm-hmm. the. No death scene, though. No, he doesn't get the uh, Robert Vaughn death scene. He doesn't. Next, we get Cayman attacking uh, Sador's ship again. He gives a weird battle cry, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you want to do that one? I mean, you did the Voltaire. No, I'm not, not going to do that one. It's no. like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that, isn't it? Yes. Nice. Like, <laughs> it's like a Xenia, a Xenia princess warrior. I know. That's yeah. me all over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, he instantly explodes, so that was uh, useful, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, another one down. Yep. Running out of the mercenaries. At this point, though, Shad just says, sod it, and he attacks, doesn't he? He does. Because he's been sitting back on his ass doing nothing so far. He has, watching everyone else die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets hit, and Nell is damaged. And she begins to sound like she's had one too many, a bit like what you sound like now. Well, what are you talking about? I'm just drinking lemonade. <laughs> All right, whatever. So Nanella checks um, Nell and finds that she's, uh, she's all her memory banks have been damaged. Right. So Sado thinks that he's won and orders Shad brought on board by Tractor Beam. And he gives an evil laugh, doesn't he? He goes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very evil. Mm. So Shad is being pulled in when suddenly he's got an idea. Instead of trying to uh, pull away, Shad flies closer and he programs Nell to self-destruct. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's all a bit basic, this, isn't it? It is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, they they could have done all this without hiring mercenaries. And you, they, I suppose the, the one that's been the most useful was Saint Exmit when she, because uh, she at least knocked out the uh, defense shield, didn't she? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. So yeah, she just hired her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Shad and Nell get into an escape pod as Nell begins counting down erratically. Oh, yeah, because her uh, memory's messed up, so she's, like, doing 15, 17, 13, 12, mm-hmm. 18. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then Shad and then Ella escape. Nell explodes, and as his ship explodes around him, Sado says, I want to live forever. Bit childish. Yeah, silly, too. I mean, well, I guess I suppose they do live forever. Wait, do they live forever? I mean, they can replace limbs, but can they replace heads and brains? Uh, well, he's obviously got the technology. Mm, has he? Well, <laughs> I haven't looked into it, but... I think you, know. you should. <laughs> when we do our follow-up episode on Battle Beyond the Stars, I'll look into it. Okay. So Shad and Nanella celebrate, and with a little sadness, uh, all their dead friends, they fly off back to Akio. Right. And that's the end of Battle Beyond the Stars. Wow. What an adventure. So, Colin, 
What did you think of Battle Beyond the Stars? You know what? Surprisingly, kind of liked it. Oh, I mean, really? it doesn't uh, trouble the synapses in any way whatsoever. Nope. It's not probably like, a good thing. <laughs> it's not like something I'm going to intellectually examine, but it's kind of fun. It's fast. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. There's no fat on it whatsoever. It really just like mm-hmm. burns through. It's not as good as Magnificent Seven. It's certainly not as good as Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun film. The special effects, I think, are pretty good for its budget. Mm-hmm. I kind of like mm-hmm. them. Don't have a problem with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like George Prepared. Who doesn't like Robert Vaughn? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, got, it's just a fun film. Um, lacks in characterization. It really doesn't bother. But, At all? Yeah, it's fun. It's a hit. I like it. Yeah, why not? It's a hit. Hey, he's feeling generous tonight. I am. Tell I've been drinking. No, I haven't. Lemonade all the way. <laughs> well, for me, this is one of those early 80s sci-fi movies that was kind of a staple for me as a kid. Um, there was Battlestar Galactica, Buck Rogers, Star Wars, Flash Gordon. It's that and kind of was... thing, right? Although yeah. I, I kind of... I'd rate Flash Gordon higher because of its production value. Yeah, but it, 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 it just in terms of the feeling that I got, I got the exact same feeling from watching this as I did from watching Flash Gordon or Battlestar Galactica. It was just yeah. great. Okay. And in many ways, I, I look at that time as a great time to be a kid if you're into this kind of stuff because right. it was everywhere, wasn't it? Yes. I'm aware it's not a great film. Um, oh, no, it's not going to win an Oscar. But no. Then, if... <laughs> but then Drive Miss Daisy won an Oscar, so, you know, who Ooh, cares Controversial. About yeah. Controversial. The effects range from pretty good to pretty awful, but... Um, I think the sets look very televisual, don't they? They yeah, do look I, like something out of Buck Rogers. The model work is far better than the set work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, as you said, the story's pretty thin. Mm-hmm. But all that being said, it's just great fun, isn't it? The cast are all fantastic. Like you say, who's not going to like a film with George Peppard and Robert Vaughan in? And it's a film that relies on the fact that it's George Peppard and Robert Vaughan. If it was oh, any other actor, it would be like, what? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're all slumming it, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, John Saxon, even, he's... he's oh, he's, he's, humming it, he's humming it up to 11. Oh, he's loving every second of it, isn't he? But why not? And, and th- this music score, it, it's great, though, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, he, it's weird. I would love to have an interview with him and find out, like why he reused bits and where bits came from and how Mm. bits came to him and what was the actual creative process for this Mm -hmm. because and he's not alone they all do this hands him Mm -hmm. everybody they reuse stuff for other films Mm -hmm. it's just uh, i would love to find out why and how it came about i think it 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 doesn't help the fact that it because it sounds a lot like uh, another film that we both love so much and we've seen about a million times, it stands out even more. Yeah, it's very distinctive to us. Yeah. Uh, but it's got an odd tone to it, this film, as well, hasn't it? I mean, it's rip-roaring sci-fi, kids' movie, and then you've got gore, sex, and odd sexual references. And Do we know who it was aimed for originally? I think it was aimed for kids. must have been. So it is odd that it has that stuff mm. in it. Uh, you'd never get a film like this made now. No. With that kind of tone. No, totally. No. Yeah. Um, oh, unless it was Michael Bay. 
<laughs> he'd probably make it worse. Yeah, he does weird yeah. stuff. He does. But is it a hit? Probably not. But I'm going to say it is because oh. I like it a lot. Oh, so so basically it's it's not a hit because we know it's crap, but it's a hit because we like it. I think so. Okay. Yeah. So this is actually a film that encapsulates the whole idea of our podcast in that it's nostalgia that drives us. Absolutely. So nostalgically it's a hit, but as an actual piece of cinematic art, it's not. So that's it for uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. If you would like to contact us um, and give us your thoughts on this episode or any of our previous episodes, then you can reach us at retrospection at email.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook um, and Twitter at Retrospecky. And um, check out our Spotify playlist where you can listen to some of the music from the movies and TV shows that we've covered so far. And uh, rate and review us wherever you um, listen to us because we, we, we really do want to hear what you think, don't we? Yeah, we would like to. It's like like talking into a vacuum. Which <laughs> and we know there are people out there listening. Oddly enough, I do. <laughs> when you talk to me, is that what you're saying? No, no, when I'm actually talking to my vacuum. <laughs> and also, if you think that we deserve any kind of uh, support, then you can sponsor us at uh, our Patreon page, which is, Colin? Yeah, uh, patreon.com forward slash retrospection which one of us really needs to update because it's slightly behind our actual podcast i'm i i'm uh completely up to date with all my shit so i don't mm. know why mm. <laughs> what, what was that <laughs> it's, just, mm. it's, it's just easy to do when you have nothing to do true yeah. um so yeah so that's everything what are we doing next time colin well, we're traveling to the UK from the USA via Brannigan. That's right. Chicago Police Lieutenant Jim Brannigan is sent to the UK to escort organized crime boss Ben Larkin back to the US. But Larkin's hitmen prepare an ambush for Brannigan. That's a John Wayne film from 1975 where he was kind of trying to be a little bit Dirty Harry. Dirty John. Dirty John. With There's a little bit of uh, Baldrick appearing in a cameo scene. He is, isn't he? When we get to that, we'll point it out. Yeah. Yeah, so that's oh. kind of a different film for us. It is, it is. Looking forward to that one. Absolutely. So, thank you all for listening. And until next time, bye. Goodbye. <laughs>